Hello. Welcome to Therapy Talks. I'm Chris Place and I'm a psychotherapist. In this podcast series, I'll be chatting with different people about their experiences, their lives, their loves, their challenges, and what helps them find their way forward in the world. We'll also chat to different therapists and researchers about the models of therapy that they use to get a better understanding of these different approaches and how these different approaches might be useful at different times for different people. Hopefully it'll be lots of human connection and conversation about the challenges we have and also about what helps us get through. I hope it's going to be fun, enjoyable, entertaining, engaging, informative. Anyway, let's go on the journey. Hello everybody, how you doing? Hope you're all keeping well. Uh, so I am just finalising this episode. Uh, I've had some editing procrastination going on. Uh, I finally think I've got a handle on it. Uh, for the last few days, I've been working in the university in Galway. And it's been first year orientation week. So there's been students back and we've been running sort of self-care workshops as part of the kind of first year orientation, which has been great. Um, I've really enjoyed it but as a result of that I haven't been in my office for the last few days uh, and as a result of not being in my office I haven't been frequenting my favourite cafe Cafe Temple um, in Galway City and as a result of not frequenting Cafe Temple I'm having withdrawal effects uh, from their lovely food they have and the lovely coffees and teas and the wonderful conversation and the ambience but luckily uh, I got to interview uh, father and son team, the owners of Cafe Temple, um, and we had an amazing conversation about the ha- the beginnings of Cafe Temple, the the sort of philosophy, the the the, the ethos of the business, and um, the value of business, and the, the the sort of value of ethical business, and so on. It was a really amazing conversation, and. Um, yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed as much as I had having the conversation with uh, father and son team. So anyway, let's sit back and uh, have a listen. Uh, well, hello, everybody. Uh, you're welcome to another week's episode of Therapy Talks. So I need to tell you where I am right now. Uh, I am sitting in a cafe uh, beside where I work. It's called Cafe Temple. And it is, well, it's my favorite temple in Galway, my favorite temple in Galway. That's interesting, actually. It is my favorite temple, but it's my favorite cafe, um, and it's a place that I value a lot. And I'm lucky enough to have the owners, uh, father and son team, Seb and Stephen Taylor, sitting here with me. And they've been kindly agreed to talk to me on Therapy Talks. Uh, so thank you so much. No worries at all. That's uh, Sebastian, or Seb for short. That's it. You're welcome. That's Steve. So that's it. Okay, thanks for listening. Um, So one of the reasons, I I suppose there's a number of reasons why I'm here talking to you. I have the crack. I come in here uh, most days and spend a lot of money on this establishment. Uh, And uh, yeah, and more often than not, I'm a very satisfied customer. Uh, One of my reasons for coming in here is obviously the ambience, the sense of being welcome, the sense of connection with, with all of you. Um, but also the the model of this business. So could you tell me a little bit about that, uh, Seth? Well, I suppose like when when we were looking at initial ideas for starting a business and everything like that, I think at the root of the business, I wanted it to be about what 
about connecting with where we're getting our food from and connecting with our local community and stuff like that. So when I initially kind of came up with the concept of the cafe, I was living and working in Edinburgh. And so there was a chain of um, cafes in Edinburgh called Social Bite. And the whole thing with Social Bite is one in four people who works for them is formerly homeless. And then a percentage of their profits goes back to local charity every year to support that. So when I was kind of going in, getting coffee there, supporting there, the more I kind of looked at the idea of how they were running it, then I got chatting to the owners, things like that. And um, the more the kind of idea developed that this is a good way of doing business, as opposed to just, you know, there's a lot of kind of businesses that are just purely for the bottom line. And it's not what I liked being a part of, especially kind of in the corporate world. So often it's profit driven. Yeah, the priority exactly. is profit and everything else is... Everything else falls to the wayside. Yeah. So I feel like with a lot of businesses these days, there's a lot of kind of the focus is on what can we make in the bottom line? How can we squeeze margins? How can we get more money from what we're selling? Whereas I think when it comes to food and nutrition and stuff like that, we need to look at, you know, where are we getting our food from? What's the knock-on effect? How are we affecting the local community through what we're buying? How are we affecting the world? And then also like giving back. So the whole idea through being a social business or the kind of concept of a social enterprise is the idea that you give back. So when you come in and support us, say when you come in, you buy food. A lot of our food is coming from the local community. So you're supporting local farmers, local businesses, and therefore local jobs. Um, you're supporting local jobs and local people through actually supporting the cafe. And then we give a percentage of our profits um, to local charities so then you're supporting the local community so it's that kind of idea of you're not just you're not just getting a coffee or you're not just getting a sandwich you're actually supporting a cause bigger than yourself mm-hmm. and i think like when when we initially started the cafe and everything social enterprise was kind of on the rise in the uk and it still is like it's still um still a growing kind of segment but it's that idea of being more than just a business and being a bit more kind of community driven and community focused which i think is very important Mm-hmm. I, I just, I mean, I suppose I'm listening to you talk, and I suppose one thing is your passion for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And can I ask, before I talk to you more about the business, what were you doing in Edinburgh? So when I initially, I, I did my master's in Amsterdam. So I did, went to college here in Galway, and I worked as a chef and everything like that. So me and Steve, we worked in a couple of jobs together, where right. Steve was a head chef, and I was chef de partie or commie and, chef. And you're, you're, being a, you're a chef chef, like you're a hardcore chef. Yeah, I, I've... Been a chef since about 22 years old, and I'm old now, so it's yeah. quite a long time. Can, can I tell you a funny thing about coming in here? Um, so if I was coming here for a long time, and I knew that the two of you were the owners. I thought you were brothers. Yeah, we've got that quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Which I I'm not sure if that's a credit to Steve or a credit yeah, to yeah. me. I, I'm not sure, but I thought you were brothers, and I was going, and I was going, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know who said it. I, don't, I think it was Hannah. Hannah who used to work Probably, here. yeah. Hannah said to me, no, their father and son, I went, Oh, oh, interesting. So I think it's your youthful energy, Steve. Yeah, because it's not my looks. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't look young, I don't think. I think you're, you know, whatever. Um, so you've been a chef since you were 22. Yeah, so, so I, I've been a chef on and off. I've had a couple of things in between, but I'm a qualified chef. I also, you know, I've done my 706 one and two in England when I was that age. And then um, I've done a degree course about seven eight years ago 
So I'm in, in chef in, in curry yeah, in GMIT in yeah, Galway. Yeah. So uh, you know um, that was just sort of rekindled an interest as much as anything else. But yeah, that's what I. So I'm chef by trade, as such. Okay, and you were chefing uh, like part time. Yeah, jobs. like from from a young enough age, yeah. it was fourteen, fifteen when I got my first. Steve Steve was working as a what was it rep for for a food supply su- supplies company, and um, he got me a job with a local chef and kind of just kind of grew from there. I always kind of had a part time job as a chef or working in kitchens yeah. and things like that. But um, he always kind of wanted me to do focus on education and everything like that so went on I did um my bachelor's in commerce and French in NUI and then I did a master's degree in corporate level strategy and organization in Amsterdam Wow. yeah so that was great and then um I kind of thought I wanted to work in HR and recruitment and it's the kind of it's I, I like working with people so I thought that, that was be, the kind yeah. of route to go down yeah. and everything so ended up working for you know very good company um in top 250 companies in um, in the UK and I just hated it you weren't happy. absolutely hated it like when I moved to Edinburgh the whole goal was to get into this recruitment company and then it was kind of you know you start at the bottom rung but you work your way up and you know there's a lot of incentives but there's also a lot of work you know 50 60 hour weeks you know you were going in opening opening up in the office in the morning not wanting to be the first person to leave so you have to wait to the end till people are leaving to be shown that you're doing this work ethic but a lot of it then was for you know I wasn't enjoying it I didn't like the work I was doing I was going into work every day kind of almost you know prolonging the walk mm-hmm. into work so making it you know oh I'll go this way and I'll take this road and I'll go this and just delaying every day of going in and it was getting to this point where I just I was very stressed every day. I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. And then you kind of, I think you sent me a book. It was a self-development book in the end. And um, Oh yeah, self-help book. Because you like your yeah. self-help books, Steve, don't you? <laughs> I'll read an odd one or two. <laughs> <laughs> God but, um, knows I need help. <laughs> it was a self-development book. Do you remember what the book was? I can't remember what it was, but I know the book that it led me to read afterwards was The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, so, that's fascinating. That's but the book that it was that you sent on, it was based a lot on what Tim Ferriss talks about in The 4-Hour Workweek and stuff like uh, yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was Escaping the Tyranny of the... I can't remember the full title. But it's yeah, essentially. Yeah. It, it was essentially about kind of following your passion and yeah. doing something that you want to do. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was just get, getting to a point, like I'd only been in the job a couple of months, but I was just kind of every day going into work, just going, do I want to be doing this? I don't want to be doing this. And I was reading all these, you know, I'm really into sales and marketing books and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, you're going into work every day doing these mantras of, you know, I'm going to have a great day. I can't wait to start. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make this much money today. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do 50 calls and all this kind of crap. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm so happy with my life. And like, you know, I'm reading this to myself on the bus, pumping yourself up and then dreading going in. You were doing this job. Yeah. And you're miserable. Yeah. And when you're miserable, it seems to just kind of fuel itself almost. And you can convince yourself and you can rationalize. We use Mm. these defensive strategies to make sense. But... They've, they've stopped working after a while. Yeah, and like you can choose to have a positive attitude in life, but if your situation mm. is contradicting that all the time, it's then it makes hard. it very hard yeah. to continue that and, positivity. And, and, and all it the is time. a bit of that kind of, you know, sometimes with therapy stuff, it's quite kind of, it's almost so individualistic sometimes. It's like it, this idea that if I change my thinking process, 
then my environment would be better. Mm. And sometimes your environment's shit. Yeah. Sometimes you've been born into horrendous situations and really it's not about you, it's about getting out of the environment. Mm. You know, it's changing the environment rather than changing, you know. And so you, you're in Edinburgh, you're miserable, mm. you know, and you're thinking, this is not going to work. Yeah. So essentially, um, I think I'd run you one day and you were kind of just going, right, there's no point in continuing down the road of being miserable or whatever. So I gave my notice and um, I thought they were going to be really nice about it. You know, I, I was on a desk and I thought, look, I'll give him my notice. And once I give my notice, I'll have a month. So a month's notice to kind of figure out everything. So I give my notice on the Friday. I chat to my manager. Everything was all really good. And then on the Monday morning, I came in, I opened the doors and waiting for me in the building was uh, the area manager. And he essentially just said, look, I hear you want to leave. And for whatever reason, they just put me on garden leave. So he just goes, you get two weeks pay. That's it. We don't, yeah, get your stuff from your desk before everybody comes in. So they didn't even want me to say goodbye, you know, that kind of way. It was that kind of cutthroat business. If you don't want to be here, we don't want you here. So in a way, like that kind of also backed up the fact that I was not doing what was, what was right for me, you know? So then um, I took a bit of time out and I just kind of like, I'd savings there and stuff like that. So just kind of reading self-development books and kind of going, what, what do you want to do? And then um, I started doing like meditation, things like that. And um, I think I'd literally been kind of chatting to you about different things. Yeah. And I was meditating one day and I was reading this book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is very, it's very into kind of like, what do you want to do? Start a business and go and do it and then grow that. And um, then I was meditating. I was kind of going, I just, all these ideas started coming to me and I just went, Temple Cafe. No way. Yeah, so like, I'd kind of been humming and hawing about ideas and I was going like, I'm into nutrition. I like to know where my food's coming from. I'm into kind of healthy lifestyle or healthy living. And then how can you bring all those things together? And, if, and I know about food. And if only I knew a chef. Yeah. <laughs> I chose the paint colors. <laughs> <laughs> I love the designs. Um, so it was literally like all of this stuff kind of coming together in your own mind. Through yeah. The, through your experience of going for coffee and, and this social, yeah. social enterprises. The cutthroat, you know, one part of. Yeah. And then your own journey. Yeah, exactly. And kind of like at the time I was eating vegan food mm. and kind of I was exercising quite heavily I was living a very kind of like clean mm -hmm. lifestyle at the time and um, I think that kind of fed into things I was kind of going you know in Galway like obviously there are places around Galway but it's not it wasn't a huge niche at the time a big vegan kind of cafe or vegan food and that kind of focus and um, like essentially that's what I kind of wanted to focus on mm -hmm. and just having a place where you know, like what, what I mainly wanted to establish when we were talking about like opening the cafe and everything is, you know, Steve will tell you exactly the same, but worked under a lot of chefs and like the kitchen environment sometimes can be very strenuous and it can be a very abusive place almost to a certain extent. It, it, you know, it, it's contradictory to the ideas that you're having. Yeah, exactly. So like I wanted to create a place where I wanted to go into work every day and I wouldn't walk an extra street to avoid somewhere where you could just you'd bounce into work and you'd go do you know what i'm happy to be here yeah you live in flood street and it takes you <laughs> half an hour to get <laughs> so you live i, I should say that uh, i work on flood street and i sometimes when i'm coming out at the door yeah we'll meet because he's literally coming out of his apartment which is next door 
and as Steve said, he's late a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Every day by about 45 minutes. But, um, but no, it's like, you know, you want, to, you want to establish a place where you're coming into work where, you know, you're spending, you spend however many hours a day sleeping. Yeah. You spend the other majority of your day working and then the other majority is doing things that you like to do or whatever. But you should be in an environment, I believe, that you kind of, you know, not, you're not going to enjoy work every day. And there's no. stresses here and there's things you don't enjoy about the job. And there's, you're always going to have those kind of issues and stuff. But I wanted to create a place where, you know, nine times out of ten, you wake up in the morning and you go, I'm going into work and I'm happy to be going into work. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of way. And even like, you know, say the team of people we work with and stuff like that. It's, I'm happy to see the people that I work yeah. with. I'm happy to see the customers come in. I'm happy to say hello to people. And like, I think we noticed during lockdown is you, you notice how many people you're used to seeing every day yeah. and how nice it is. Even just like, you know, it might just be a remark or a comment or, you know, yeah. little things, but um, it's nice to have that kind of thing in your day where you're waking up and you're going, you know what, I know what I'm going to do and I'm happy doing it, yeah. you know? I think that's what, that was the main thing I wanted to establish was like, a work environment that I enjoyed rather than one where I'm stressed out and like with the with the recruitment and stuff like that it's like you're making good money but you're unhappy for the majority of your day so it just it doesn't balance you know if money is your driving force and that's only your driving force mm. I always have this thing on your deathbed you know you're gonna yeah. sit in that thing and god yeah I could have made more money or is it something else gonna matter yeah yeah what do you think Steve yeah, I, I, <laughs> I was a, a, only talking to my other son, and we were saying this, you know, but it, it, we were saying about, you know, um, if money is your driving force, then that's what you should be doing. You should be doing 80 hours a week, earning 60, 70, 80 grand a week, and, and, and this sort of thing, or a year, I should say. I was going to say, it's a good week. It's a good week, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say, nothing like I earn. <laughs> But um, yeah, we, but if it's not what you want to do, then you, you should be doing a job that allows you to do mm. the things you want to do or your job is what you want to do, you know? Yeah. Mm. It's that thing, isn't it? Because I'm really struck by, like your support of Seb was always there. Yeah. In terms of this, making these decisions, these ideas of that he was miserable. You yeah, see... So, so uh, it, it, the big thing was with, with when Sebastian first started working as a chef I got him a job with a, with a friend who was one of Gordon Ramsay's um, ex-head chefs mm. and he had his own restaurant Sebastian went in there he came out the next evening or that evening and I collected him and he was carrying a loaf of bread as if it was a bar of gold and look what I made and I'm going to become a chef and he's going to show me this and everything and I said yeah you're going to go to school and you're going to get everything else and you're going to get go to college because a university because that's not what i did i didn't get that chance yeah. so he's done that and he's come to me then and he said look i'm not happy in this job and i said well you know then then move you know and he had this idea he said to me look i've got this concept of a cafe or whatever else i said well do you want me to look for somewhere in galway because he was in edinburgh mm. and it just happened past this place so i phoned him up said you know, i think this was um, November time. Hmm. There's this place here. Do you want me to talk to the landlord? He said, "Yeah, do." So I went to look, talk to the landlord. He came home at Christmas, and we sort of finalised everything with the landlord, and we were open January, February. It's amazing. But it, yeah. you know, it just all came together. But um, no, it's the same with all my kids. I'll support them all in, in what yeah. they do. I think that's the piece. I, I 
like uh, you know in one of the things in my job is sometimes I'd be working with people who really weren't supported and maybe didn't get that's that it was very much about you'll do what you're told this is what mm. you have to do and and there's a thing called in, within humanistic uh, theory or Carl Rogers talks about this idea called a self-actualization so from the moment we're born we're born to be who we're meant to be mm. but we also need love we need to be loved like and sometimes there's a conflict so it's like baby's crying and you're like be quiet mm. you know, be quiet so it's kind of like all right shit i can't cry because that's bad so i need to you know and it's that that idea so that we suddenly become we're adults and we're like we're trying to please people to get our needs met and there's something about when we can kind of suddenly actually we're, it's not about sebastian pleasing you it's about him being true to who he is mm. and you seeing that and yeah. honoring that and then working and, and now you're partners business partners yeah yeah just kind of class like yeah, I mean, originally when we opened, I said to Sebastian, yeah, I'll, I'll help you set up, I'll help you do bits and pieces, I'll give you as much advice as I can, but I'm not working here because I can't give up my job. I have a mortgage, I have whatever else, yeah, you know? Yeah. And um, it wasn't, I said, I think it wasn't until about a year and a half later mm. that Sebastian sort of phoned me up. He said, look, I think we're making enough money if you want that I can pay you what you're earning where you are if you want to come on board. So but at the same time, you know, you're saying that, but for that year and a half as well, Steve was coming in working a Saturday or, you know, any kind of little odd jobs that needed done, he's yeah. on the other end of the phone coming in and fixing that. So, like, there's a lot of support there without having been working full time in the business, but you're still heavily involved, you know? And I think people forget that about when you're running a business as well. They see... They see you kind of in the workspace, but they don't see you in that 30 or 40% of the time when you're doing odd jobs in the evening or where something goes wrong in the morning and then you have to stay an extra two hours in the evening. Like there's all these extra things outside of the day-to-day -day running operations as well. Well, I know like from, uh, from coming in here over the last, I mean, I've been coming here for a number for, mm. for years now really, but I suppose I've got to know you both in the last couple of years yeah. as well. So you're just coming in and just, you know, trying to sort of help you. I suppose to help your emotional world, really. Like, we're doing a lot, a lot of counselling. A lot of counselling. Uh, you know, because I'm practicing. Still practicing. <laughs> trying to get my practice. I'm not practicing. I'm joking. But anyway, I mean, I'm anyway. Um, I swear, I have that certificate. I, uh, I'm legitimate. I'm an accredited therapist. But uh, but uh, what I what I realised was coming in is that you're in at five in the morning. You're in at ridiculous hours, aren't you? Well, I would have been. I once during the COVID, you know, I would have come in at sort of half five, six o'clock, yeah, yeah. because we were opening at eight. So you've got to come in. Okay, this was the... during COVID. You were... No, but no, before, this before pre COVID. COVID. Yeah, -COVID yeah. Yeah. So you'd have to come in, set up, get the baking yeah. done, things like that. But that meant I could walk out the door at four o'clock. Yeah. Okay. And Sebastian was, he'd be coming doing the ten till six, seven o'clock. So you know? you're because mm. that's right. Because but it's changed since COVID. Like it is. Yeah, like since COVID, like. What people don't realize is that with offices and virtual employees and all this kind of stuff now is that you're not going to get the same kind of footfall and that same kind of coffee trade in the mornings and stuff like that. So we've restricted our hours slightly. So we're now doing 10 to 4, whereas yeah. before we would have been 8 to half, 5, 6 o'clock. Yeah. You know? And you do, you're, mon like you're Tuesday to Sunday now. Yeah. It used to be Monday to Saturday, wasn't yeah. that? Monday to Saturday, but every summer we'd open from, say, May to September, we'd be open seven days a week. Wow. wow. Because yeah. I, I, I'll tell you, during lockdown, you know, and like I remember that. I remember 
I, I can't remember the last day I was I was coming in here or mm. something. I, I think we'd been in here going, oh, what's happening? And I don't know what's that, you know, whatever it was. And then, then it was suddenly everything changed very quickly. Yeah. Mm. Everything was shut down. And I mean, uh, I'd, I'd had a, quite a good friendship with Hannah uh, from just yeah, coming in. Yeah. Like, and we had this, um, it was uh, Cletus and Darlene. That's it. So yeah. it was like, Cletus, Darlene. And, uh, Hi, Hannah, how's it going? Wherever you are in the world. I know you're in America. I know where you are, but hello. Um, Georgia. I'm not, I'm not, it's fine. Um, but she was, she was brilliant, you know. And the yeah. whole team, Natasha, they were yeah. all these. Ama- but I remember like, I remember getting really sad when different people were finishing. Yeah. And I was like, what? What? And I can't, I, I, I make such a connection with the staff. And that's what I realized is, is the environment. Like, yeah. People love working here and that translates itself into how people are with the customers well i think like part of it as well is like if you treat employees with the same kind of respect that they deserve Mm. they're gonna and also like enabling people to do their job as well rather than just telling people to do things yeah seeing how they think it can best be done as well is an important factor yeah like i've worked under managers who've been really stringent and it's their like their way of the highway And in the end, it only leads to conflict. Whereas if you kind of, if you can work together in cooperation mm. with people, like I think everyone who works here kind of, like in general, we don't have to tell everyone what to do every day. Mm. People just know their jobs yeah. and they know how yeah. to do them and they do them. And then like, you can, you know, we've got a nice, it's a nice culture to come into. Mm. You know what I mean? And everyone's very friendly and it makes it a lot easier to be in work and to work, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. the place is so open. So when you come in for a cup of coffee, you walk into our kitchen. Yeah, that's exactly. You're yeah. walking into my workplace, yeah. and you're joining me in my workplace. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you go to a lot of um, hotels, a, a, a great example is that everything's closed off. All you see is the dining room yeah. or the or the lounge or whatever yeah. else. You you know barely even see the bar. You barely even you don't see the kitchen. So you don't know what the chef looks like. You've yeah. got no idea whether he's a nice guy or or not. You know. And, but when you come in here, you're walking into a, our workplace and, and you're joining us in our workplace. But and it's that's like, it is a bit like coming into a family, like it is coming into a family to a degree because mm. you're a family, but there is a real sense of, like I don't know, I watch, it's, you don't have a massive workspace. No, it's like, it's, it's, it's like small. A yeah. It's a galley kitchen. And like, I watch it and it's like three, four, five, and it's amazing. Like, and, yeah. and, and I'm there kind of going, this, and it's busy. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like what we've, with this space we've kind of maximized to the point of we can only do do as much as we're doing anymore you know that kind of way and i feel that like when you're working in such close vicinity with everyone like we're friends more than you know work colleagues or whatever like that you know i'm happy to come into work because i know that i'm going to catch up with CISO about the football or you know the different things like that and you look forward to those little conversations i think like the lockdown really like prove that because it was suddenly this kind of thing of you know you're virtually messaging someone or something like that but it's, it's not the same as no. come in and have a conversation no, in the morning or you know even just like say when we're prepping in the morning and you're coming in making the first coffee or whatever and just having a quick catch-up and stuff like that it's nice to have that mm. rather than say like working in jobs where you're coming in and you're going geez i don't want to be in here today i don't want to see so and so i don't want to have to put up with so and so you know, I'm sure the guys get that sometimes as well. well like any job. Like, like I, any job, yeah. I love doing what I do. I love being a therapist. I love that work. But, you know, there are days it's tough. Like, on days yeah. I'm tired. And on days I'm like, oh, I'm just wrecked. I just want, you know. But it's that thing. Like, I, I, you know, this was the first place, like, as lockdown 
I think he started doing takeaway. Yeah. And I remember I was like, because I was so concerned. Like genuinely, I had a lot of concern mm. because I knew like this wasn't, you know, it's a small business. Yeah. With a really valuable business. I was, I was terrified. I was like, please, please Temple survive. Yeah, well, like, like people have been very supportive, and we yeah. did get a lot of nice messages, and there's people trying to buy gift vouchers and all this kind of stuff, and like, you know, it was really heartening to kind of see that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I suppose you can only like, it's just uncertain with the way everything's happened, you know. Is it the way business can impact a community? Like you're saying about social enterprise, like that idea. Mm. It is about the community. It is about that what you do matters yeah. and it has an impact to people like and I think that's I don't know like I find that really quite profound in many ways like well like if you if you think about things like say some of our veg or just say take the veg for example when we're getting it from Beachland Organic Farm and that's a farm in Ballinasloe but it's family run farm and then that supplies local jobs yeah. to local people and so say when you're purchasing some of that vegetables it's going to be more expensive than if you get generic mm. cheap veg off any company or whatever yeah. but then you kind of have to look at right we're going to be paying slightly more but what's the benefit of getting it from this crowd other than the fact that the vegetables are nicer and all this kind of stuff but it's that idea of as okay. one we're all supporting a whole rather than just being individual and looking just at our bottom so line so we're not thinking about just our pockets like we're not thinking about like well, like, what's in it for me? It's much more, well, what's in it for us? Yeah, but I think, like, if you, if you look at how you'd like, or, like, say, an ideal society to function, mm. well, you know, wouldn't social, that be... It would, it would, yeah. yeah, I know, it sounds... And you're kind of going, clearly, you're a sample of it working. Mm. Do you know? Yeah. So that's... Like, and I know it's hard work, and I know that there's a lot that goes into it, yeah. But it works. And as you said, some of your profits will go towards charities and go. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like you'll see it, you'll see letters from charities up in like, I mean, this yeah. one, come in here. See, you, there's an amazing space. It's a, what is that? Trains, trend spotting. Yeah, so it's a play on train spotting, yeah, you know, yeah, the movie. Yeah. And I, you did that, Steve, because yeah, I saw I, you doing it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, it's cheaper than getting someone else to yeah, come in. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> it's like, choose life, choose to support local, choose to give charity, choose health. Choose, choose doing the things you love. Choose to better your own life and that of others. Choose to be the difference. Choose to use organic food. Choose your future. Choose life. I mean, mm. that's pretty cool, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. But if you, like, if you think of these things, it's like sometimes we focus on ourselves so much. And when you stop focusing on the self and you try and help another person, that in turn can help yourself. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, giving, yeah. the idea, giving to get. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's one of the most amazing things. And I know from my work, when there's, you're working with somebody and they'd be impacted by the work, that it's improved their life. Hmm. That improves my life. Yes. It lifts yes. me on yeah, some level. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you go away. Oh. You know, when you feel you've, that, that somebody's walked out of your office feeling a whole lot better than when they walked oh. in, that's, yeah. that's going to lift you up. That, that yeah. makes you want to be, like that's yeah. the bit that deals with all of the, yeah. the challenges of the work or the bits when it sometimes doesn't seem to work or yeah. it doesn't seem to be clicking or whatever it is. Mm. That stuff is, and it's own, you can't buy it, but you can't, like you can't mm. buy the impact that that's really powerful stuff. No, and it could be like, it could be a little thing like a person going, oh, I really liked whatever they had or, yeah. you know, it can be, you can see someone pointing at the artwork or taking a picture yeah, or yeah, little yeah. things like that yeah. and you know that you've made 
their day a little bit yeah, better yeah, in yeah. some way. Or, you know, it's just these little things. Yeah. And I think it's those little things yeah. galvanize, kind of, you know? And another thing as well that you do, well, Steve, uh, Steve does, um, every day that I come in, every day, without fail, Steve has a joke for me. <laughs> and, and they're really kind of, I think they're what I would call life-affirming, kind of life -affirming. Uh, <laughs> jokes that... <laughs> Racist, I, sexist. Sexist, racist. No, not at all. But there, uh, I, uh, I had a, I brought a mate, myself, a mate of mine went swimming on a Saturday morning. So we came in here for the breakfast. And I was mm. just, Tom, Tom, Steve, tell him a joke. And uh, you, ha you told a joke you told me before, but it's one of my, we won't go into that joke, but it's a funny joke. And uh, have you any jokes now? Or? Do you really want? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I gave you ample warning, like I did say. I have, I have to, yeah. I have no, to. I'd like, I, Steve, I told you that this was going to happen. You were warned. Uh, one, one that comes to mind, whether I can get away with it or not, I don't know. <laughs> we can edit it out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You may have to. Yeah. Um, there's um, two fellas went to the fun fair in okay. Salt Hill. So one of them wanted to go on to the, uh, on the waltzes. And the other one said, no way. He says, no, it's too fast for me and whatever. He says, you go, he said, and when you go around, every time you go around, wave to me and whatever. He said, and, you know, I'll be happy enough to stand here and watch you. He said, the guy says, all right, fine. He says, so he's on the waltzes and he's gone around about five or six times. The next thing, one of the bolts comes loose on the wheels and his waltzer goes flying and it actually lands on his mate. So he's, he's actually come out all right, but his mate's all squashed underneath this waltzer and he goes, oh my God, he says, are you hurt? And the fellow says, of course I'm hurt. He says, you went around six times and you didn't wave once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, okay, I've got to compose myself now. Um, that's one of the better jokes I've heard. <laughs> and I hear a lot of good jokes because I come in here. Um, Steve, you, so you, you, you joined this a year and a half in, but you'd been there all along. Yeah. All along, yeah. Uh, and then, but you kind of committed to it then in terms of like, this is now my job. Like, this is now my life. Yeah, the last job I was in, I was in there for, I think I was there three years as a head chef or chef manager. Mm -hmm. So you do sort of 50% cooking and then 50% in an office or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was one of these, it was a corporate company and it was all about bottom line. Kept having, everywhere you went, you had to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Mm -hmm. Like we would pay one fifteen something like that for a breast of chicken, because okay. we're using free range Galway chicken. Right. Now I could, when I was with that company, get a breast of chicken for less than seventy cents. Okay. But it's coming, you know, it's going all around the world and and Thailand. And yeah, Holland, it, and it's yeah. coming from Thailand via so Holland. So you're getting very cheap cuts of chicken. And I was, I was at the point, and especially because I would come in here and work weekends with Sebastian, and Sebastian was full of this vigor about food and. Where is where all the produce was coming from, and all I was interested in, in my work, or all they were interested in me, me doing, was buying the cheapest possible. Doesn't matter where it came from, doesn't matter how good it was, it was all about cheap, 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 yeah. you know. And I was at the point, like when Sebastian came and said to me, I think there's time for you to, you know, if you want, come on board. I, I jumped at the chance because yeah. I was just it's hard. That's the, there's something, there's something about the juxtaposition of those two. Of this, these two experiences, mm. like buying the cheapest cut of chicken, and so we know then the cheap, cheap cuts of chicken. The chickens don't have a great time, no. and they're from pretty, you know, and all of the stuff that goes with it. Yeah, and then to the notion of free range and all of that that goes with that. And yes, it's more expensive, but you know, and so there's two positions. There's two. There's two different. Ones. So you were like, yeah, no, I'm. 
Yeah, I, I was ready, you know, ready to, I, I would have been ready to give it all up anyway, you know, yeah. I was just, I was tired of it, I was tired of it and that sort of, and it's the, it's the, the contradictory side of it, yeah. you know, you want to feed people, yeah. you're feeding people, but all you're feeding them is, is yeah. nothing, well, it, there's nothing special in it, no. I mean, you just, no. you know, <laughs> don't want to sound too crass or corny or whatever, but when you come here, you get good food, that's made with love. Mm. And as I say, I don't want it to sound like, you know, but we, 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 <laughs> all right, sorry. I don't know. But no, I know, I'm joking. A sprinkle of love. Sprinkle, no, yeah, it is, because I see it, like, I mean, the soup you make, or the, you know, if it's whatever it is, if it's um, the turkey, the whatever, the, I love mm. all of the dishes, but, like, there is something about eating something that is actually, somebody's put energy into it. Yeah. And as you said, you've thought, you know, I know when I'm eating that soup that this is good. Like yeah. this, these ingredients are sourced well. The people who are making this are happy. Yeah. That has a whole thing and it makes yeah. you feel better. It's yeah. like if I go, sometimes, you know, we're tired and we go to takeaway, mm. depending on the takeaway, but you'll eat the food and go, oh, I just don't feel You good. feel lethargic after I feel lethargic. You don't feel good, yeah. I don't feel kind of energized. I don't feel sported. But like when I come in here with us, regardless of what I eat, it's the whole thing. Like mm. It's mm. like, I don't know. It's the food, it's the preparation, it's the ambience, it's the connection. Yeah, it, it makes a difference, you know, and it to me, like for me, you know, my this podcast is like therapy talks, right? So it's about like what is therapeutic for us, what helps mm. us move forward in the world, the, you know, the jobs we do, the, the things we make. Part of my therapy is coming in here. Like, nice. I, I mean that part mm. of my therapy is coming in here and the impact it has on my day. Like just I, I'm gonna come in here for five minutes, so it matters. See, if, one more thing before we yeah, just to ask you, but you you have a few hobbies, don't you? Mm. You have a transportation hobby. Oh, a motorbike. Yeah. yeah. I I've had a motorbike since I was probably fifteen. Yeah. Had something that when we were when I was fifteen, a friend of mine, uh, we both had Honda fifties or Honda nineties. And we stripped them back and we used to ride them around the field and then we got in more into them. Mm-hmm. So I've always, almost always had a bike. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until probably 12, 13 years ago, if not longer, that I was opening a restaurant in Galway. And I went to my wife and I said, look, you know, I've, um, I'm going to have to borrow a few, f- another couple of grand because I need to get crockery. And she said, no, you can sell your motorbike. So that that's chopped up. <laughs> at that point, that was when I sold my motorbike, and and because I wanted to open the yeah, restaurants, yeah. you know. So I had a nice ZZR one, ZZR 1100 or whatever it was, and um, yeah, I sold that, and that was the last. So it was my thing, my my sort of ambition then to eventually get myself another motorbike. So I was in the position now to buy. Have, buy have you got motorbike. one? I have. Yeah. What, what do you have now? I have a Ducati Monster. So uh, nice and fast. Yeah, nice and fast. I had a I had a Honda five fifty four. It was a seventy seven um, yeah. back in the day, like a few yeah. years ago. I don't have one now. I have a bicycle. But I don't. It's fine. I have a Volvo. But, you know, <laughs> I'm really happy with my life choices. But uh, so I just do have a sort of a yeah. Anyway, it's the thing about motorbikes is that you know if you if you drive one, you've been on one, and you, and you, you if you like them, then you like them. If you don't like them, then you won't get one back yeah. on one or whatever. But. Yeah, I mean, I don't have one for lots of different reasons, but uh, I do love them, and I like hearing people talking about their passion for motorbikes. And I know that they can be dangerous and all of those things. I get that, but just to hear about that, I think it's something kind of... Do you get out, like, when you get out on the bike, does that have a positive impact on you? 
Yeah, I think it's you know it's, it's again it's, it's all about this the, the sort of the freedom or something else like that and just be able to you know open it up a little bit. Not that I speed at all. Yeah, you know? but within speed limits, of course. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's yeah, it's just something you know it's just something to be able to get out and go off. Yeah. But you need it. I think I'm getting I'm getting to becoming a fair weather biker now, so you need yeah, a sunny yeah, day yeah. for it. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a f- yeah. I, I know that. I remember I used to have a, a little one two five. Like, I remember that, and I would just go. I, I used to go out to a therapist out in my Cullen, and then when you get to my Cullen, you turn right and drive three miles into a forest, you know, to get oh, to this little cabin. Yeah. It was class, right? But I mean, the weather, the depths of winter, and the motorbike, you know, <laughs> yeah. and the vi- actually it wasn't. I was on the Honda Five Fifty then as well, I think. But like the, couldn't see anything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just, and you wear all the gear, you get there, you go to therapy, and then you get back on the bike, and I, oh, it was class, like. Yeah, it was always a, it was more of a sense of freedom than yeah. getting into a car and just doing all that. I, I had an experience before as well. Just I remember, like I'd always be really anxious with guard at checkpoints, you know, in the car. I don't know what it is. I'm always guilty for something, you know. Like, and you'd be coming up to them, going, "Oh, Jesus, the car tax." I don't know, and you know it's taxed. It's fine. Yeah. I've done nothing wrong. Anyway, on the motorbike, I didn't have it. I just felt like pulled yeah. up on the bike. I was going, "What you gonna do?" Yeah, I seem to have this. Maybe it was the mask <laughs> you put on. You put on the helmet, and I'm suddenly yeah. I don't know. Anyway. That's, I digress slightly, but, uh, and so just before we finish up, um, Cafe Temple, the hope is that it keeps going. Yeah. Keeps going and going and going. That's the hope. Obviously it's uncertain with everything that's gone on and yeah. what's going on in the hospitality industry, but obviously like that's what you'd love to do is yeah. just kind of like grow and develop, you know? I was going to say like, just to keep growing because it's a wonderful idea, like the idea behind it and mm. how it could support community and support enterprise. Well, like if you, if you take the example of, you know, we're able to donate a couple of grand to charity every year. And if you had tens or hundreds of businesses doing exactly the same thing, and that was the, that was the, you know, yeah. the key kind of factor towards having these businesses. Yeah. If it wasn't towards, oh, well, you know, if we don't, don't buy it off this guy, we can get them for 30 cents less here. And you're constantly going towards the bottom line and we're using resources going towards the bottom line. And like everything we do is towards this capitalistic, bottom line so if we and you go socially driven idea it's different yeah yeah and more people can then prosper and you know also you leave more room for entrepreneurs to start them because a capitalistic bottom line doesn't really care about poverty no it doesn't it thrives on well it thrives on the the divide and the gap and the gap is growing yeah. and you can see that with you know politics in this country and stuff like that already at the moment and you can see that there's a want for change yeah. now with the last election absolutely and, and I think it has an effect on our mental health as well because mm. what we're doing is we're creating divide and we're creating conflict yeah and we become you know and, and and while profit can I can understand it's important it's important it's, important. it's definitely you know, it's important yeah profit but it's what profit means and what it does and well how much do you need and how much do you need yeah yeah because there's you know you can make a profit you can make a wage yeah and you can live and we, we don't we're not on big wages, but we live well. We live yeah. okay. Mm. We have what we want. We have what we need. We don't need much more. We don't want much more. So in, in theory, this business, you could cut out that social piece of it, make more money, but then it isn't capital. And then you kind of go and, and you know, like say, you know, every day the business side of me kind of goes, geez, why are we getting this? We could be paying 50% less. But then you go and if we stop doing that and we stop going towards our principles, then why are you doing things anyway? So you're not being true then to the 
to that notion of choosing life and yeah like you have to you have to stick to your ethics and it kind of it has to become a thing of if it's a race to the bottom line someone's gonna there's gonna be a lot of losers so ethical practice ethical business in its purest sense um and you can see where big business goes wrong with its ethics very easily there's a as well why people come back here people come back here because because you have that feel-good factor but also they feel that they're putting in their little bit by supporting us but but they walk away from here with these positive ideas as well and and you hope yeah. But I've contributed, like for me, like a simple thing is like that Stampify thing you have downstairs, yeah. you know, so I can know that if I buy food and then I click on this thing. It's donating two meals donate yeah, to people meals in the developing world, I mean, yeah. Or the idea of the coffee, that you buy an extra coffee, you buy, and so somebody who doesn't have money for whatever reason come in and get a coffee. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, they're simple things, but they matter. But they make a difference, somebody yeah. somebody is kind of, for whatever, you know, stuff is going on and they, I don't have mm. any money. And I don't have to make me feel guilty. I know I can come in and have coffee or tea or whatever, and it's okay. Yeah. And I'm welcome. And I'm well, this welcome. is it, and it's giving someone an, an outlet yeah. to come into when they might be turned away from a lot of other places and not able to go into other places because they're yeah. perceived as being not part of society. Yeah. And when you start scapegoating people in a society, I think it's not a good thing. No, no, agreed on that. Um, I I don't know. I've had a lovely conversation. Um. How have you found it? It's been great. Been <laughs> life changing. Yeah. It's been quite transformative for you, Steve. He hasn't bro- broken down in tears yet. Yeah, and I thought we'd get deeper, Steve. You know, I thought we'd get into like, what's really going on? Looking it's a crystal maze in here, Chris. <laughs> it is crystal maze. <laughs> yeah, can't yeah. get in. No one is getting. I've got to see that. Um, but uh, no, listen, it's been fabulous. I should say that the lads actually gave me coffee as well beforehand. Uh, oat, oh, oat yeah, milk. we forgot to charge for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, sorry about that. It's just going on this tab. It's fine. <laughs> just, put it on my t- just put it on the tab. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, uh, well, look, I, for one, am delighted that you're still here. I love coming here. I love your staff. I love We coming. do too. Um, we had a. I, I came in here one morning. Uh, one, yeah, that was it. I come in and our cat was sick, I think. It was something like that with a cat who was sick. And I, I said it to Natasha, you know. So then she made me a latte, to, and it had the picture of a little cat. Oh. I mean, how like personalised? I was just like that. Like, yeah. You couldn't. That's beautiful. Lovely. Like, it was a dead cat. It was a dead cat. <laughs> 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 it was all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> we like to be balanced, you know, the dark and the light. <laughs> On that positive note. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, father and son, uh, Stephen and Sebastian Taylor, thanks so much for being thank my you. guest ah, really on Chris. this week's episode of Therapy Talks. It was class. And uh, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank okay. you. Bye, everyone. See you next time. <laughs>